0: Radio JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web. Here this week again with Chris Schubert to talk about really um, our our spot-on predictions. Uh, Chris and I both said last week (laughs) Jets win by at least three touchdowns and look for Zach Wilson to uh, top 300 yards and win AFC Player of the Week. I don't remember our exact words, but it was something along those lines. Um, So pat ourselves on the back for that one, Chris. Um, your thoughts on this game that, you know, again, we all knew this was going to happen. Right.
1: Yeah. I think a really important distinction is you also said 30 points in the second half from the New York Jets offense. That was something you yeah. said on yeah. the show last week. I, Look, I, but it, I
0: it, did said Morstead would pin three punts inside the five and it was only two. So I, I was off my game a little bit.
1: It's true. Uh, I mean, what else can you say about a performance when this team was counted out by everybody? They were going back to Zach Wilson for the second time this season. They were spiraling out of control at four and eight. We asked last week on the show, would they win another game? Would they be favored in another game the rest of the way? And I think it's important to note the, the team across from them had everything to play for in this game last Sunday. That is a team in the thick of not only a wild card race for a playoff spot, but that division is wide open right now. Jacksonville is not playing very good football. They, they you know, going into that into to that contest on Sunday, it was a one game difference in the loss column in the division. I mean, you were you were looking at a situation where if the Texans win that football game and some stuff happens with the Jaguars, we could be talking about the Houston Texans being in a position to win the division. That's how important that game was for CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans and the Jets defense does what the Jets defense does to any player who plays the quarterback position. They make your life a living nightmare, and they just absolutely made it difficult for the Houston Texans to do anything. And credit to Nathaniel Hackett. Credit to Zach Wilson, credit to Robert Sala, credit to the entire Jets team. They pulled out a win that I don't think anybody anticipated uh, them having. And you look at the schedule and you look at the reports of potentially Aaron Rodgers being able to return and you see the state that the Miami Dolphins are in. And I think there are some people, it's not going to be me on this show, but there are going to be some people who are starting to do the math and are starting to look at scenarios. If this team runs the table, if they are ELAX and they run the table where this team might be again you know what you want to have those conversations after the way this team played and the state Miami said, you want go ahead and have those conversations. I'm not going to do that here on this show. Cause this is a roller coaster ride that we're going to ride out, but I could understand having that optimism. And I am not going to be the person that throws, throws cold water on that optimism because we deserve it for the last month and a half that we've had to suffer through this team being as bad as they've been.
0: Yeah. I won't get too far into playoff scenario stuff. I will just say that I did. I caught a headline or something the other day. Um, I heard somewhere somebody say if the Jets run the table, they have an 11% chance to make the playoffs. So even if you win every game,
1: it's very, now, very unlikely. But I will, say, I will say, hold on, because now you've got me. Now now I'm in. Now I'm going to be that guy That's here all on the I show. To,
0: I was just to say 11% move on. No,
1: After I just said I wasn't going to be that guy, I'm now going to be that are, guy. you are, being that guy. If- if they win if they a couple of the games they have remaining on their schedule that I think are of the utmost importance are is the game against Cleveland right because if they beat Cleveland you now hold the head-to-head tiebreaker if you were to tie record-wise with Cleveland with Houston and with Denver that could be very important Denver 7 and 6 like Houston 7 that's that's a very important thing to have in your back pocket again it requires them to run the table i'm not saying they're going to do that but to if they do run the table it would then mean they have those 3 head-to-head tiebreakers. I'm here to tell you, it might end in a zero-zero tie, but somebody of the Raiders' chargers have to lose on Thursday night. Well, if you win and they lose, you now hop in front of them when they have the head-to-head tiebreaker against you. You have one ahead of them in the loss column and in the win column. So, you can get there. The math gets you there. It requires a lot of help. It requires a lot of stuff to go their way. And I understand why people are being so optimistic, but listen, it's possible. 11%. I I was actually,
0: you know, uh, as fans, I I think it's hilarious. Chris, people say this sometimes as fans, it's okay for us to look ahead in the schedule. Like I've had fans yell at me, like, like we're playing on Sunday. Oh, that's three weeks away. Focus on this week. Like, dude, I'm not playing. I can focus on week 17 in the preseason. If I want to, it doesn't matter. But my, I did get a little ahead of myself today, and I thought, "Is that Cleveland over under going to be double digits? Like I, I'm, I like I wouldn't be surprised if that was nine. If the over under for that game was nine, I could see a three nothing game, three two even. Um, well,
1: just see how the offense plays over the next couple of games. But yeah, I understand the point.
0: Yeah, yeah. But listen, the Zach Wilson thing, you know, I, I mentioned after the game that when you and I talked and. Uh, you, me, and Dylan talked about this, you know, when Zach was benched and I, you know, we didn't think he was going to see the, the field again this season. You know, I said something along the lines of the only way that kid's going to make it as a pro is if a team signs him and says, just go play your game. Like they're, they're trying to make you a pocket pass or like none of that's working. And we saw a little bit, of, we saw a little bit of BYU Zach this week. Um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, like, am I going to praise him? Like, because it took him 14 weeks to figure out, you know, to let the kid throw and and to not constantly run. Like, someone showed a number today on the forums at Jet Nation saying, oh, look, the Jets, they actually only run on first down such and such percentage of the time. Like, I need that broken down by quarter because I'd be willing to bet, yeah, when they're down by double-digit scores and they can't move the ball, they probably throw the ball a ton early on when teams know they're going to throw the ball. It's those sort of early drives early in the game when your, your offense is stagnant and you're running, whether it's Cook or Brees Hall, you're running those guys into a pile and then creating third and longs. Um, commentators even said it the other day, and they seemed a little perplexed, you know. They said, "Oh, you know, the Jets' game plan here seems to be, you know, run, run, hope for third and manageable, and throw the ball. Um, and that's what they did. But then, all of a sudden, and it's got to be the first time this year. There can't be any way this has happened before. All of a sudden, Hackett comes out and throws the ball 10 times in a row. Um, and I, I can't help but wonder... Is that Aaron Rodgers on the mic saying, dude, like, let him play quarterback. Stop, stop what you're doing. Let, let him throw. Okay. He completed. Now let him throw again. Oh, he can complete it. Let him throw again. Let's not derail the little bit of success he's having and run it into the pile twice and have third and nine. So, um, it was, you know, look, it was nice to see, but, you know, as I said, post game, it's one game. Like, I'm excited. I'm happy. I hope at some point in his Jets tenure, we would see this version of Zach Wilson, 75% completion percentage. Um, you know, 18 out of 21, whatever it was in the second half, but, um, I don't know that it was Hackett, whatever it was, it was a different approach. Um, I've even seen that I've seen some people say nothing changed. Zach just read the defenses better. Like he threw 10 times in a row. You know, we saw them throwing on first and second down late in the game. Um, those haven't been things this year, but overall, I thought there were some differences in the way the play calling went. And um, despite the Jets receivers often struggling to separate uh, what the tight ends got involved. Yeah. I mean, I how long have we been saying you do not have a number two receiver? Jeremy Rookert has some potential. Um, Conklin is a nice player. Like when you throw him the ball in his vicinity, he makes a play. All of a sudden, those two combine for 94 yards on seven catches
1: I'll tell you, I got a lot of thoughts on everything you just said there. And we talk about, you know, Mahomes with with his no look passes, right? Quarterbacks have those types of like things that are theirs. And again, I'm not comparing Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes, but Zach Wilson's seam throws to tight ends are a thing of beauty. It's probably the best thing he has in his arsenal. He throws those things. On a rope, they are thrown perfectly, uh, and that is where you can build confidence. And I think people, when they when they talk about how oh nothing changed, Zach's just reading the defense better. I think people assume that when you when you talk about making changes to play calling or you make you're making changes to your offense, it means that you're drawing up completely brand new schemes and brand new plays on a weekly basis. Sometimes you can change up your play calling and be incredibly successful in terms of just changing when you call a play. It's first down. They expect us to run. I'm going to hit them with this pass. Maybe this pass two weeks ago in in the third quarter on third down isn't effective. But in this case, against this defensive matchup, we have a mismatch. Zach's able to take advantage of it. That's part of play calling and and reading the defense and finding the flow of the game. And I think Nathaniel Hackett and company did a very good job with that. And I say and company because... Listen, Glenn, I'm not past a good conspiracy theory when it comes to the New York Jets. And there are some people out there who think that the guy wearing number eight was the guy calling plays in the second half of that football game. Because the first half felt very similar to what we have seen in recent weeks. And there are a lot of people Even who felt like you said. Yeah. There, there are people who think that Aaron Rodgers said, all right, I'm doing this now. You're, we're listening to me. And he and he put his foot down. Now, I don't know if I believe all that, but I like a good conspiracy theory. And, you know, it. It it does, you know. Kind of help the the roller coaster ride of the season to have something fun to talk about. But you you got to give credit to Nathaniel Hackett and, and for for fan and, I, and I've seen some of this. There are some people that are upset that the Jets won that football game because now the tank they they lose their their spot in the draft to potentially get a good player. Guess what? I've been through enough of the Jets drafting inside the top seven and eight. I'll take a victory because you know what wins like this do. It helps me evaluate Nathaniel Hackett. It helps me evaluate Robert Sala. It helps me evaluate guys like Jeremy Rucker. It allows me to be able to have confidence going into the offseason about Nathaniel Hackett. You don't think, Glenn, I ask this rhetorically because I think you're going to agree with me. If they roll, if they just rattle off some good football, not wins, not say they're going to just end the season 9-8, and but if they rattle off good football, and they play well offensively, and Zach shows an ability to understand the scheme, and they have a chance in all these games because the offense keeps them in it. You don't think that that's going to change the mindset of how we feel about Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator and the play caller? Of course it would. Of course you would feel a little bit better about them running him back. Would you feel 100%? No, Nathaniel Hackett didn't really look good in the first half of the season. Aaron Rodgers, 40 years old, coming off of an Achilles injury. How do they rebuild the offensive line? All those questions would still exist, but you would feel a little bit better. And guess what? When the season was in the disarray that it was in two weeks ago, I'm good with being a little bit better. I'm good with feeling a little bit more confident in terms of running this back in 2023 or 2024 because I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm sorry. I was was thrilled that the Jets pulled out that game on Sunday and beat the Houston Texans. Now, it does bother me a little bit because where was this against the Raiders? Where was this against the Chargers? Where was this uh, against the Giants? I know you won that game, but where was this against them? Where was this against the Patriots earlier in the season? Where was this against Atlanta? Did we really need to start tim boyle against atlanta Do we really need to give a game away because if they win that football game against atlanta this is a totally different podcast this week a totally different
0: show and this this is the problem is that you went to boyle um and large you know because the offense wasn't productive and now you see a different version of zach wilson and you know another thing you know i haven't i haven't looked at the numbers but as i'm watching that game again i could be wrong but I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking to myself, I think this is the most motion we've seen from them this year.
1: It was. It, it they they used like there was 40% motion, which was their highest usage of the season. It was something like 42 okay. 43%. They were in the 40s. It was either their, their highest or second highest. But, yeah, I saw a statistic yeah. like that. So, and, and they and also that, used... That... They also used a ton of 21 and 22 personnel more so than they have in recent weeks. And it's like, wow, it's as if they should have listened to the show that we did three weeks ago where we said, use more motion, get other playmakers involved. Like, there's ways to do this. There's ways to fix this that don't include firing Nathaniel Hackett. And you know what? You, You tip the cap. They made an adjustment. They figured it out. Zach played better. Hackett called a better game. The execution was there. And you know what? Credit where credit is due. They pulled out a win that we didn't think they could. And because of that, there's part of you. And I know there's part of everybody listening to the show that thinks after what they saw Tennessee do to Miami on Monday that they think there's a chance. There's a chance we could derail this Miami season by handing them another loss at home in Miami. There's part of you that's thinking that.
0: Yeah, Miami, they're, they're, you know, they now, you know, still nowhere near the Jets' neighborhood, but they've got uh, some injuries piling up. Quinn and Williams so, going to have
1: 42 sacks in the game on Sunday. That would be they, a, that
0: would be, that I
1: think that Dolphins, would be a personal best. The Dolphins signed two guys off of like practice squads or off the street to play center. And one of the guys hasn't played in a game since 2019. Quinn and Williams is going to have 42 sacks on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's the thing, right? This is, this is what the Jets know, that this is what the Jets have lived. Um, which actually, that's that's the topic I was going to bring up later, but just just to throw it out there real quick after watching the game, um, with all these guys they're playing, like I'm trying to, I'm looking for silver linings to this disastrous season, um, and two that I can come up with, and this will now I'm going early on both these because both things I wanted to bring up, one with all these guards they're playing, whether it's Hanson, Newman, Glazer, like maybe that's like a law firm maybe they find a nice depth piece for the future who sure. gets live reps this year who wouldn't have otherwise. So maybe that's, maybe your depth is a little better next year with an experienced guy who's, who's shown. He, I mean, Hanson wouldn't even be on a roster now. He's starting. So you're getting to look at some of these guys and, you know, getting an opportunity is sometimes how these guys would jump out. So that, that could be, if, if someone pans out, that becomes a silver lining. And, um, I, the, the as far as the draft goes, and, and I said this post game, like, I, I get like i'm I'm really worried about draft position like
1: you're just gonna post-game. take Brock Bowers wherever they pick anyway, so it doesn't but, matter to you
0: exactly exactly during the game, i no matter I can't not root for them, you know, like it might be different if it's week sixteen or seventeen and and a win is gonna knock you out of like you know, similar to what we had with the with the Zach when you lost out on Trevor Lawrence, which I didn't hate I guess I didn't hate that at the time because I liked Zach, but um, but I, it just felt like that was gonna not turn out well for them but the the potential silver linings in terms of what I was saying with the draft pick, this is a team that, as we've said, preseason, there was some who felt Super Bowl was a possibility. There was some who felt deep playoff run. There was some who felt play like this was in the minds of the overwhelming majority of their observers was a mm-hmm. much improved, a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen in, in years past when a very good team with high expectations loses a key player, loses a quarterback in week one or two, and one of the first things I think is this is going to be a tough season for that fan base. But next year, they're going to be picking in the top 10 instead of the bottom three. So they're going to be taking a an already very good roster, which I think, if healthy, I still think people are kind of sleeping on the, this, this Jets team and they're acting as if the linemen they've been playing all year are going to be their linemen. Now we know they're like, ca- how much can we rely on AVT? Will Beckton be back? And you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't very good this past Sunday. No. So I'm not saying this team is perfect. I'm saying this team. If healthy is way better than most teams that would be picking in the top 10, top 12, which they still could end up in and get a much better player than they would have otherwise.
1: Two things about that, Glenn. One, Jets fans need to realize having a first round pick in 2024 is a house money play. You were not expected. To be making a selection in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft because mm-hmm. you were supposed to be in the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers, who was supposed to play 65% of snaps, and that pick was supposed to be in Green Bay. So having that first round pick, whether it's pick three or pick 13 or pick 23, it is house money. It is a free roll of the dice on what could be considered a blue chip prospect. That's thing number one. Thing number two, Glenn, do you know where the Jets sit current? I've got Tankathon open, so I have the answer to this. Do you know where the Jets sit right now? Seven, I want to say they still are 7th after winning a football game they won a football game they still pick 7th because you know what chicago won this week mm-hmm. tennessee won this week bunch of teams won this week that they're in the mix with and oh by the way do you know two of the teams in front of the new york jets uh on this on this list right now you know new two of those jets. teams uh well, the washington commanders who are at 4-9 and, and currently pick 4 and the patriots who are 3 and 10 now you won an extra game that might hurt you against the patriots but washington if they beat you are going to they're going to have an extra win. They're going to they're going to be five and five and they're going to have five wins. You're also going to have five wins. And so then it's going to come down to strength of schedule. And yours is, is pretty poor right now. Yours isn't very good. So you have that tiebreaker going for you. So, look, I, I get it. I understand people who who want to see this season come come out with a top 10, top eight pick where the Jets can get a blue chip prospect. But you know what? Here's the way that I would I would tell everyone to look at this. You go into every game for the New York Jets rooting for them to win. And if they lose, you don't get too upset. You say, okay, we improved our draft position, and you move on with your day. That is the way that you need to choose to look at this moving forward. If they win, great. You want those types of culture wins. The, the Detroit Lions won in week 18 of the season last year in a game that didn't matter for them at all. It didn't do anything for them. They already knew going into the game that they couldn't make the playoffs. They still beat Green Bay. What did it launch them into? Being one of the best teams in the NFC. Now, they they sputtered this past weekend against Detroit, against Chicago, but they are still considered one of the top teams in the NFC. Those types of culture wins can be built off of. And guess what? Robert Sala needs those kinds of wins. If they rattle off two or three more wins to get to seven, to get to eight potentially wins, and I don't think that's possible, right? They could beat New England. I think they could win this Sunday. They could beat Washington. They could beat Cleveland. There there are games on that list. But you look at this. If they get two or three more, they get to seven or they get to eight. Considering where we were in the middle part of the season, you would tip your cap and say, okay, maybe they can run this back. Again, that maybe change your confidence level a little bit. I still got my question marks, but I could see somebody making the case for th- run this back, give this team an opportunity to play with a full season of Aaron Rodgers, and watch what happens.
0: Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, okay, some rumors gracious. swirling that he is going to be cleared and ready to play against the uh, the aforementioned commanders Christmas Eve. He kind of played downplayed it and said, oh, there's a lot of interesting stuff being said about me right now. But let's face it, I mean, if his plan was to come back, if they were still in it, it would have to be sort of sooner rather than later based on where the team is now. So do you think he's downplaying it? Do you, here, here's my – I'll just say real quick my thought. Even if the Jets are out of it, I think he will at least at some point play a series just to show he could do it. Like all of this work, you know, he said, give me your, give me your deadlines, give me your doubts, send them my way, and I'll show you what I can do. He's going to want to show at some point he was – ready willing and able to step on the field it might be one series where they do nothing but hand it off throw throw one quick screen hand it off a couple times and come off the field and that would be it i think we at least see that but if this team is still mathematically in it even if the math says it's an 11 percent chance should he come back if he's cleared by christmas christmas
1: here's here's the question that i would ask of you in this scenario is he cleared by christmas eve is he cleared for next week's game again, or what would be two weeks from now, against Washington? Uh, Washington. Is he cleared? Is it, is, in this scenario, is he cleared? Is it, Does a doctor medically say he's able to step foot on the field?
0: I think that that was the report, is that he's going so, to be medically cleared.
1: If that is the case, if a doctor hands a doc, because Robert Sala has been using the analogy of when I get the doctor's note. So right. when Robert Sala gets the doctor's note that says Aaron Rodgers is medically cleared to play, and if that occurs in time for the New York Jets to play the Washington Commanders, and the Jets win on Sunday, and they beat the Miami Dolphins, then Aaron Rodgers should be on the field for the New York Jets. Because I'm here to tell you, if you think that the guy who spent all this time rehabbing and coming back from an injury that we have never seen anybody come back from, if you think you're going to tell him, oh, it's only an 11% chance to make the playoffs, and he's going to go, you know what, you're right, I've done all this work, the 11%, you got me, because the other 89% is where I fail. You think this guy who is constantly used stuff like this to fuel him isn't going to take the 11% and say watch what we do. You don't think that that's the type of guy we're dealing with here and I mean that with the with the utmost respect. I I view that as a positive for Aaron Rodgers is that he uses this stuff that's somewhat arbitrary to fuel him. If you don't think he's going if they beat Miami and let's say it goes up to 17%. If you don't think he's going to use that 17% and say you people doubted me and said I couldn't come back. Now watch what this team does. You can take your 17% and shove it. Yes, he's playing. If they beat Miami on Sunday, and they and again by beating Miami on Sunday, they're still going to be mathematically in it. If they beat Miami on Sunday, and he gets cleared, he's playing against Washington. By the way, he should. He should. One to 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 to, to show off the 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 feat of being able to do it, and two, all this noise about oh what could happen? He could get hurt again. He could get hurt in the first play of, of next season too, just like what happened this year. If he has an opportunity to play and it means something for the Jets, then play. Also, if it doesn't mean something for the, to the Jets, but it means something to him. I want him to have that confidence and that swagger going into next season. I absolutely want to see him on the field. I think worrying about what could potentially happen on a football field. If the Jets are out of it, then they should sit Quinn Williams down, Sauce Gardner down, Brees Hall down. They shouldn't play any of these guys. The moment they get mathematically eliminated, those guys should be taken off the field. Do you really think the New York Jets are going to do that? Do you really think they're going to tell those guys they can't play? No. So it's just ridiculous. So yes, I think, I think we will see Aaron Rodgers on the field. And two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I would have said, you're out of your mind. But. If this team beats Miami on Sunday, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's back. And I think if they don't, I think you are going to see exactly what you talked about, Glenn. He goes out there for at least a series or two and shows the world that he can do this.
0: Yeah, I think this Miami game is is going to be an interesting one because, you know, a point I brought up the other day is that this defense, you look at how they've been playing. (laughs) Excuse me. You think you look at how they've been playing all year. The numbers are phenomenal. Um, You know, they've not been perfect, but still across the board, they've been a phenomenal defense. And they've been doing this knowing that the offense is going to put up six points a week. Like if they go into a game feeling like, yo, we might, we might score 21 today. We might score 24. Like it matters now before, like we were shutting people down and maybe giving up some points late. Cause it just, whatever, you kind of probably losing focus. You're tired because you're on the field so often like, Hey, if the offense is going to move the ball and we're going to get a breather from time to time. And, and they're going to make our performance stand up. I think they might go to the next level. Um, You know? And I mean, Playing a a Miami team that's this banged up, um, with a with a reinvigorated defense and an offense that hopefully you know I I don't expect Zach Wilson to go out and throw for another three hundred yards. Be nice if he did. Be awesome. um, Yeah, I mean, look if if he lights it up the rest of the way that that's actually something we should have discussed at the top. Um, I talked about it a fair bit on the post game because I think it's an interesting discussion because we now have this report out of Utah a Utah newspaper where, of course, Zach played and his family lives. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't I don't think it's I would not say it is a not credible report. The 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 story is believable. The source is from a place he's from and has family. So th- this paper says that the Jets and Zach Wilson sat down and talked before he agreed to take the starting job back. And Zach Wilson was told by the Jets that we will trade you this offseason. Like, obviously, this hasn't worked out. So now let's say, now look, I'm not going to say, let's say Zach Wilson goes out and throws for 400 yards every week for the rest of the season. However, if Zach goes out from now to the end of the year, and every week he throws for, you know, 260 plus, and a couple touchdowns, and only, you know, let's say between now and the end of the year, he throws seven picks, seven seven touchdowns, two picks, completes 68%, runs the ball a little bit, scores a couple touchdowns on the ground. Are you trading him? And if you're trading him, What do you because when it was, you know, when the story came out, they were going to trade him out. Oh, they'll be lucky to get a seven. They're just going to have to outright release him. Well, if it looks like the lights come on for a former number two overall pick, you know, Zach could say, Look, man, you told me you were trading me. I'm not sitting on the bench again behind Aaron this year. You need to stick to your word, or I'm just not going to show up to camp. What are you trying to get for Zach Wilson if the light comes on? Or are you just saying, "Uh, We didn't know you were going to be good. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and go, you know, renege on that. And uh, you're not going anywhere.
1: Or Aaron Rodgers can convince him just like he convinced him to go back in the starting lineup. How, he can convince how, him to stick around. No, as just
0: a pro, does Aaron Rodgers say, hey, man, Zach, do what, do what you think is best for you? You know, he yeah, could do I mean, that. He, that, he, that he, my he, thought was the best chance is Rodgers convinces him to stay. Yeah.
1: I, I agree. I think the only way he stays is if Aaron Rodgers spearheads that and has a heart-to-heart with Zach. I, I think it's very clear, and I don't think it's for show, how much Aaron uh, has an appreciation and an affinity for Zach. Uh, he loves Zach. I mean, Zach is his guy. I mean, th- this goes back to when the Packers and Jets had a uh, uh, preseason workout together, a, yep. a a training camp session together, and the they relationship w- was formed. And then they played in Green Bay that one year when they when they beat them uh, because of the defense and Brees Hall. Uh, and he talked about him then, and, and it's been very clear that that Aaron Rodgers has a very very good relationship with Zach Wilson. Look, I. I Let's hope we get to a place where we can have the conversation of Zach playing well and what what the return could be. I heard Mike Tannenbaum talk about this today, and, and I thought it was a pretty pretty nifty approach to this. If he plays really well the final five games, why wouldn't you just attach a condition to the pick? All right, it's a six right now, but it becomes a five if he does this, it becomes a four if he does this, a th- and you, you can tier it based on the way Zach plays. And then you can put all of the pressure onto Zach and to the other team. Because the other team, if they get a Zach Wilson that is... Um rejuvenated, excited, motivated, has that confidence and swagger. And he goes out there and plays really well and helps a team, they might be okay giving up a three for Zach Wilson. Where if he stinks, okay, you you took a sixth round pick on a, a flyer that you thought could work and it didn't pan out. Right. So it, I think that would be a, an interesting way um to approach this. The the problem, the problem, Glenn here, and this is the this is the elephant in the room. They got to decide what to do with his fifth-year option this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I can't see a world in which if he stays, they pick up the fifth year option. So you're going to if you're going to keep him, then he's going to be a lame duck backup quarterback. And then you're going to go into that offseason with the 2024 offseason, 2025 offseason with what sample size to talk about bringing him back. What does that contract even look like? See, I just I think there are more pathways for him to not be on the team in 2024 than there are pathways for him to be on the team in 2024.
0: Yeah, and maybe maybe you look at it and say, "We'll just keep him around, and when he hits free agency, if if he's played well enough that someone pays him, we get a third or a fourth uh, comp pick." Um, that's a, that's an approach as well, based on you know his draft status and the the the, the money he gets, and that that actually the guy that we, you know we should be having that conversation about right now is Mackay Becton, right? Mackay Becton this week probably had maybe his worst game of the year, mm-hmm. um, gave up a few sacks, um, allowed some. Uh, some big plays in the run game like Makai was just off and I'm you know I say all the time I'm, I'm a Makai guy um, I don't think he's played to the level that he did as a rookie this year not consistently anyway um, and I think look when he dropped 50-60 pounds that's just physics man like if, you're, if your job is to run into people and knock them into next week if you're suddenly 50 pounds lighter you're not going to knock them as far into next week as you did before mm-hmm. um, but if it keeps you on the field you know you make that trade off it's worth it but, um, but Becton struggled what do you do if you're the Jets? You know, that that's a big topic. We're actually going to hit later on some, uh pull some topics, not even pull, just kind of review some topics on the the forums at Jet Nation, because people come up with some, some pretty quality stuff on there. And that's one of the topics right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't, I, I,
1: I'll be honest. I, I don't know where I land. I don't know where I land on on Mackay. In his mm-hmm. future with the New York Jets. I'll just be honest with you and the listeners. I don't really know where I stand on this. It's really hard. I like Makai, the, the the person, and I like Makai the player. He's mm-hmm. been good when he's been healthy and when he's been on the field last game notwithstanding. But the your your best ability is availability. And that's been a big question mark for Makai over the first couple of years of his career. Hasn't been a problem this year. He's been out there and he's been fine, and they've they've figured out a nice approach to be able to get him ready to be on the field on Sundays. But, Glenn, I, I just can't see this team picking up the fifth-year option for a player that they don't know if they're going to have and they right. don't know his full availability. If this was the second year of his rookie deal and then we had next year and then right. I could have two years of a sample size of him being healthy, yeah, you pick up the fifth-year option, no problem. But we're sitting here. This is his third season. you got to make the decision now. And that's a lot of cash to invest in a guy that you don't – and you've got a lot of cash invested in the guys on that offensive line that are – a not very good uh, B not healthy so it's tough to then reallocate dollars even more so in there when you could take that money and potentially use it in free agency to be able to go out and get a player that, that could replace them so again it's it's close for me um I kinda wanna I kinda wanna wait until the season's over, see how he finishes the season, go back and look at the tape. And I know that's kind of a um a crappy answer to give, but I just I, I think it's too important of a decision to sit here, you know, in the middle of December and say, Oh yeah, bring him back, or oh no, don't get don't pick up the, the fifth year option. Like it's close. Well they already passed
0: on the fifth year option. They would have to
1: tag it's it. borderline. Right. Sorry, sorry, that's what that's what I yeah. meant. And and so I think decisions like that are 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 tough. And I think they're tough because you don't have a big enough sample size of him being healthy to make those kinds of determinations. I'll give you a perfect example. They're going to go through the same thing with Elijah Vera Tucker next year. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I I think with, with Becton, I've, my my stance for, for a little while now has been tag him. And if he stays healthy again, talk long-term deal. However, um, and as we've mentioned, you know, Rich Samini said, he thinks they let him walk. I, I, Ever since he did that that off season interview where he did not come off well and he did not sound like he liked being here, or he didn't sound like he liked the coaches. I've thought since then. I I think that I think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala may have looked at each other and said, "We're we're letting this guy walk." And again, another guy. If if Becton walk, listen. I saw, I think it was Albert Breer. Somebody tweeted today, and this is no big. You know, this isn't exactly an inside story or a major scoop. Offensive lines are terrible. The offensive line play around the league is so bad. Somebody will probably pay Makai Becton a nice nice chunk of money that the Jets can say that's a third or fourth-round comp pick if he stays healthy and plays well for somebody else. Let's just let him do that. Let's get a comp from Makai next year and uh, and let him go. But the problem is that opens up another hole on that line. That's another pick or another free agent. Again, maybe Carter Warren. Maybe he gets Mm -hmm. a couple more starts before the year closes out, and they get an idea that they like him at maybe right tackle, and then you can go out and draft a left tackle, something along those lines. But the Beckton question is a good one because again, I like the guy too. Um, I think fans get so caught up in in perfection. Like if a guy isn't amazing, and I say this all the time, a lot of fans have in their heads like there's Hall of Fame and everyone else sucks. Like yeah. if you're not the greatest player on in the world, then you suck. And I've heard people say that Makai Bechtin sucks, and I'm like, look, he's been inconsistent. He's had some struggles, but um, we've seen tackles that suck. And he, again, he he was bad this week. There's no getting around that. Gave up. PFF had him down for three sacks. Um, I I watched the film earlier today, and he got beat pretty badly a few times. Um, so it wasn't wasn't his best game. But guys, guys have bad games. It happens. So that you know, the O line all around really. I thought this week was um uh, you know Tom Lake and since he spends more time on the ground than any lineman I, I can recall. It's 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 amazing that this guy was a Pro Bowler, and then he comes here and he can't stay upright. Like, helps I don't, I don't helps
1: helps when you've got a a uh, all pro uh, left tackle Williams, next yeah. year. Yeah, that, that that helps. That helps quite a bit.
0: It does, but yeah, he and and I feel. Listen, like something something I thought of this week. I saw uh, on the Jets website there was Randall Cobb talk to the media and Lakin Tomlinson talked to the media, and I'm watching these guys and I'm listening to them, and I'm like, damn it, these seem like really good dudes. Like I hate that I I can't. Because they're nice guys, I can't be like, oh, they're awesome. Like they're not. They're playing really poorly. And I hate I-, I wish that I could say that these really awesome, nice guys are playing really good football or even decent football. Like I hate piling on just good human beings. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, you're you're in the spotlight and you're not performing. Um, even with the Randall Cobb touchdown this week, which was a little bit of a even I'll tell you what, biggest surprise for me, Billy Turner didn't look too bad when they put him in the game. Um I saw him and I thought, oh god, here we go. And every time I keyed on him, I was like, he's holding his own; he's not getting beat up and pushed around like he has previously. But do you have any thoughts on the on the the all around play of the offensive line?
1: Well, I think it's this is going to sound like another bad answer for me, two in a row when it comes to the offensive line. But I'll I'll give it a shot anyway, Glenn. It's really hard to look at this group when I know this isn't the group that's going to be the starting offensive lineman if the Jets have their way in twenty twenty four. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're evaluating for backups. You're evaluating for depth pieces, and that's nice. But what's there to say about a group? Good. What what's that to say about a group where two of the guys that are out there are going to be starters for the team in 2024? Two, yeah. Like, so it's hard, like the, Elijah for Tucker, if he's back, is going to be in there. They're probably going to draft uh, an offensive lineman with, with their first round pick in the 2024 draft. They're probably going to spend free agency dollars on getting some players into that position. So it's like, it's really hard for me to say like, oh, great job by the offensive line or oh, bad job by the offensive line. When like a good portion of those guys are not going to be on the team in 2024.
0: I'll tell you what, you know, who who isn't going to be on the team in 2024 is an interesting question when you look at. Um, you know, I've mentioned previously in previous episodes the fact that the big three, right—Sauce, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson—they can all ask for new deals after year three. We don't know if they will, but they could, which would be next year. Um, also after next year, Michael Carter's contract is up. DJ Reed's contract is up. Um, that—that's—that's that's a lot of money. Like, there's no way you're keeping all of those guys if some of them come in and say, "Hey, man," like, like look at look at the the three young guys, right? Well, first of all, let's look at Jermaine Johnson first. He's not exactly young. He's probably going to want that free agent deal, that first free agent deal, as quickly as possible. He's not sure. 22. He's not 23. Um, Garrett Wilson, yes, things have been, were better this week. He's had a lot of post-game pressers where he does not seem like a happy player, and I can't blame him. And then Sauce is a guy who's kind of become the face of the franchise. I'm not even talking Saul. Like, I'm His agent is going to say, dude, the second you can get money, we're getting you money because they are marketing the hell out of you. You're on billboards. You're in commercials. You're the guy for this team. So I would not be one tiny bit surprised if all three of them after next year said, I want my deal now. And then you've got those three plus Michael Carter plus DJ Reed. That's like 130 million on those guys.
1: you're, you're talking after the 2024 season, right? Right, you're after so, next season, yeah. Right, so uh, listen, let, let's let's see how that goes. If the team's uh, holding up the Lombardi Trophy, you pay anybody what they want, and we'll figure yeah. it out later. We'll we'll, wor- we'll worry about it down the road. If they don't play well or if things don't you know pan out the way I think people expect them to in 2024, then we're going to look at it on a, on a case-by-case basis because, listen, I love Garrett Wilson, and it's not his fault, but he doesn't have the numbers to say, give me what Justin Jefferson got. Give me or which yeah like or give me the Jamar Chase or give me the uh, AJ Brown, right? Or just any of the top receivers who are going to get paid or have gotten paid. He's not going to be able to ask for that status of, of contract because he doesn't have that type of production <clears throat> at this point. Again, not his fault. But that's the way the, the cookie crumbles, With Jermaine Johnson if he has another year next year and takes a step the way he did this year. That's going to be that's going to be tough. Right. And, you know, Carl Lawson's money is going to come off the books at the end of this offseason. So that kind of changes some things a little bit for this team in, in the way that they're going to be able to operate. They're going to restructure a lot to be able to free up some cash. And so they might start to be able to work on some of this other stuff. Right. Because they could go. I'll give you two, two examples. They could go to D.J. Reed now and work out a new a new contract. They can't with yeah. Jermaine, with Garrett, and Sauce. They can't do that until the end of year three. But they can right. go to DJ now and say, hey, do you want to tack on another three or four years to this deal? Whatever they want to come up with. They could go – I'm trying to remember my years. They can go to Michael Carter now and say, hey, do you want a new deal? Right. They could do that with those players. They can't do that with the three players that you mentioned. Those will have to wait until the end of the 2024 season or the 2025 off season. So it, it is, it is a problem. It is something to, to, to keep an eye on Glenn. This team's got enough problems in the 2024 off season for me to worry about than to be worrying about money being spent after another 17 plus games. I got to watch.
0: So let's, let's, let's dip into the, uh, the, the jetnation.com forums. And I'm going to take a look at some of the topics here. O-line, of course, is the topic we went over that. You know, what's what's the future going to look like for this team? What else? There was one I wanted to touch on. Um, Robert Sala has upset a lot of fans with what's gone on recently. Really? Um, yeah, just a few. Wow. I was more upset about the Joe Benningo thing than anything.
1: Yeah, you were um, really you were red hot about that.
0: Last I cannot week. believe he's friends with Joe Benningo and you like red hot
1: making it a priority in his life. That's yeah, mind boggling. I-, I thought you made some great points and it was a, it was it was a good take by you, but you were red hot about it.
0: Dude, if Joe my wife was like, she's upstairs in bed. She's like, why were you yelling on your
1: podcast? Yeah, it it, it was Joe Peningo took him there. <laughs>
0: I was not happy, man. Um, it'd be like it'd be like it'd be like finding out Joe Douglas uh couldn't pull off a trade because he was on the phone with Mark Hamill, because he's a huge Star Wars fan and he wanted to be his friend. It would be like, dude, like what are you doing? Like I, I I don't know. But um but Robert Sala, a lot of people were upset. And I, I know there were some folks on the fan, I don't know who, but I saw some some tweets. Um, there were a lot of fans saying Salah acknowledged that Zach Wilson was the best quarterback, but still benched him. That's a fireable offense. You have to fire him for that to which I'm thinking the reason, the reason I disagree with that is because, and it, you know, I, th- I think back to, um and, and this is, this is a, I'm, I'm an old person now and I forget things often, but going off the best of the best I can um, by memory I recall when Herm Edwards benched Vinny Testaverde for Chad Pennington and Vinny was asked about it and he said, or it was around that time, they, they were talking to a quarterback who had been benched, um, despite it was another situation where the sort of the overall thought was, you're not the problem here. Um, and, and, and the quarterback said, look, like the coach came to me and said, hey, man, we need a spark and changing the left guard ain't going to do it like I'm it's not you but we have to try something because we can't move the football. So that's why as frustrating as it is, I I get where Salo is coming from. I my preference would have been to go to Hackett and say, "Dude, like start throwing the football. Start start moving the pocket. Start using the tight ends. Like do more with the personnel to give this kid a shot." You know, so that would have been preferable. But I'm not as Angry at Robert Sala for doing that, as some people are. Is is that something, if you're the owner, you go, well, i got to fire you now because you you sat a guy who you thought was the best player, where the coach looks at you and says, yeah, with the best player, we were scoring three points a week. Like, I had to do something meaningful. Changing the snapper, the long snapper, isn't going to change that
1: yeah i mean, I, it was me last week on the show. I, I said it to you that if he knowingly benched Zach Wilson and put Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon out there just to get a spark or just approval point to the fans to say see it's not just Zach, then I think that's a fireable offense because you're yeah, giving see, away I, you're, I
0: i i don't I don't think it was i mean I get what you're saying because I wondered if it was to appease the fans, but I think it was I think it was the spark thing which to me isn't so much fireable as like not my first choice, but sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No,
1: it, it's fair. And, we, and you you brought this up last week and, and I understand the point. I think it's valid. I said it would be a fireable offense if that occurred, if that took place. And the reason why I said it was a fireable offense is because, and I didn't expect this to happen, but they, 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 proved my point because they put Zach back in. And the reason for putting Zach back in is he gives us the the best chance to win. And then you go out there and beat the Houston Texans. Well, if you do that against Atlanta, And then you also do it against the Houston Texans. We're talking about a six and seven football team. That's one game out of a playoff spot. So that's infuriating. You you can't, you can't. And and they, unfortunately, Zach playing well makes the decision worse. And I will tell you this, Glenn, if he plays well on Sunday and they beat Miami, it's going to make the decision worse. With each passing moment, the hindsight gets worse and worse for Robert Sala because you can come up to the podium and present it in a in a better way than he did. Because you you talked about you defended Zach. You 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 were you were going to go down with Zach. You were just you were going to ride it until the wheels fall off at the end of the season. And then you decided to make a change. And you decided to make a change. And then 2 weeks later, you undid the change. And things started to get better. And in that time, you gave away a winnable game against Atlanta. You were, but if it wasn't for the fail, Mary, it's 10 to six at halftime against the Miami Dolphins. You're in the mix and you're giving games away. It better be because you thought you needed a spark on offense. It better not be because you wanted to show everybody, see, it's not just Zach, because you gave away two games that if Zach plays well on Sunday and this team wins, boy, are people going to look back at those two games and say, what the heck were we doing?
0: Yeah, that's that's it is one of those moves that could look worse as time goes on. Um, Charles says in the chat though, I wanted to touch on this because um I did a, a pod the other day with Dom C. He's doing a draft pod. Um Charles says they just need a nose tackle. Uh Charles. playmaking safety, which Charles. I agree with. The Charles. nose tackle part, Tavandre Sweat was a guy Hold who on. came up
1: Charles. Charles, my guy. His team needs two wide receivers. They need probably three starting offensive linemen they need uh but they but they do to, need they need, need a linebacker MVP. they need two safeties you're hitting me with the the first position you named to me that the New York Jets need in 2024 is a nose tackle that's what you're hitting me with charles i like you you're a regular on the show i appreciate you but Come he on. He didn't
0: say it was the only thing they needed. It's the, it was the, the Jets need a nose tackle. A bit.
1: Not not the Jets need a wide receiver. The Jets need two offensive linemen. Maybe the, Charles the,
0: has heard that so many times. Well, thought, I'm I, 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 hope
1: that's, I, I hope that's tra- what, what Charles was saying. Because if I don't Charles, think Charles hit, is
0: saying it's their number one need. You're if not
1: Charles is coming at me with, they need a nose tackle with all the other stuff that this team needs to do this offseason, I'm sorry, Charles, you lost me. I, I cannot support this. Nose tackle is on the 17th highest priority for this team this offseason.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, I, I. I'm a big. I like Devondre Sweat out of. Uh, out of Texas, if you're talking about a big dude who can occupy blockers in the middle of the defense, the Jets now, do need do need I, someone up there.
1: I jumped on Charles, and I apologize for this. No, you're fine. He said the Jets need to trade back in the 2024 draft. I agree. Now, if you ask Glenn, he's giving away all the picks. It's a buy one get one, one free sale one, hey, for the New York Jets, so that one, they can move up. I'm in not. The hey, I'm draft. giving
0: away nothing. I'm getting something back. I'm trading that pick i'm trading that 2024 first which is going to be the 32nd pick anyway so who cares and i'm using that to get back into the first round or top of the second round i'm using that pick on 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 cooper Beebe, or i'm using oh you're not
1: you're you're in on cooper Beebe, eh?
0: yeah at, at, sec, okay. as a second round guy yeah, yeah
1: that's some okay all right um to me
0: he's he's not as good but he, he's that avt mold that he can play guard he can play tackle he's played both at a very high level um viewed by some as the best interior lineman in this class so AVT-ish in that light, um, but uh, or or Devondre Sweat uh, in the middle. Again, he's he's sort of what I think uh, the the PFN draft boards. He was like in the 80s a couple weeks ago, and um, we discussed him on on Dom's podcast the other day. And now I think he's up in the 40s or 50s or something like they they've caught on to that. That he's not just a run stuffer. He collapses the pocket. He, he's a monster. So well, we've reached. Um,
1: We've reached my favorite time of year, Glenn. I know it's a favorite time for you. We're seeing people accept their senior bowl invites, and I'm starting to get excited. I'm like, okay, that guy's going to be there. I'll tell you what. There. I um
0: I'm 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 credentialed. I'm planning on going. Oh, to the senior bowl. Um hadn't mentioned this yet cuz it's the only reason it's not 100% is because I'm in England, and that's a
1: thirty-six-hour that... flight or something like. Well, that. Well, it's okay.
0: not even the flight. The flight's seven eight hours. It's a thirty-seven thousand-dollar trip. By the time, no. You know... Listen, I haven't flown to the U.S. since pre-COVID.
1: Do you have so... a passport? Can you get in? Will Will we let you in?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm good. Okay. I got a bunch of passports. Okay. Um, I this whole paying extra if you want to sit down on the flight is new to me. Like I'm looking my flight. And it's like, oh, five, six hundred dollars. I'm like, oh, that's doable. Let's book it. And I it's like, oh, did you want to sit down? Well, of course I did. It's seven hours. Oh, that's another hundred and fifty. Would you like to bring a bag? Well, I'm, I'm going to be gone for like a week and a half. Yeah. Could I have, OK, that's another hundred and fifty. I'm like, every time I want to do something that you do on a flight, it's another hundred and fifty dollars. And then, you know, then I'm going to need the hotel, which which I, uh, so I don't know. So
1: we, I'm- we, I, I, now I, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. We've been talking about this behind the scenes about, yeah. about the senior bowl in Mobile. And I, and I shared with you guys that I don't think I'm going this year. I, I'll tell you, Glenn, since we had that conversation, I'm getting a little bit of the FOMO. I, I'm I'm getting a little bit of the FOMO and I, you know, I may try to swing it. I, I might try to pull it off.
0: And It's it's funny you say that because just this morning, yeah. I won't get into specifics. it's inside stuff, but. It, some something changed significantly that that would have that would make it much easier for me to get there money wise but it's still a lot of money um no oh, matter sure. how i look at it so i was like the day when my credentials came through i was like i'm there and then as i'm trying to book these flights i'm like jesus what are they doing to me here i'm like ah maybe not and then this morning something else happened another domino fell and i was like i think i am going to be there so right at, as of this moment i think i'll be there okay. i can't say 100% but before that reason I went and I looked up guys who have accepted their invites. Oh, it's a good list. And there's some list. dudes on there I love.
1: It's a good um, list, man.
0: Cedric Gray. yeah, uh, Bo Braid, the, the safety out of Maryland. I'm a big fan of his. BB,
1: I believe, was on there. So, uh, to, to lane quarterback. Michael Pratt is on yep. the list. Super yep. excited to see him down there. Um, yeah, it's it's a good list. And yeah, it's only going to uh, get better. Katie it's only going to get better.
0: Jr. We mentioned him on our, again, on Dom's podcast we did the other day. I retweeted it. You can check my Twitter. We talked about Chris Jenkins Jr. I love him as a legacy pick, but um, I would prefer McKinley Jackson from from Texas A&M or, or Tavondre Sweat from Texas over Chris Jenkins. But Chris Jenkins Chris Jenkins is sort of jack of all trades, master of none. He, he does everything well, so I would have no problem taking him. Um, but I would prefer a couple of the other guys ahead of him. But yeah, there's there, there's about a million players um, who we watched growing up, Chris, whose kids are now um, going to be entering the draft soon. Um, Ray Mickens has yep. a kid at Clemson. Victor Green has a kid at North Carolina. Um, yeah, I, I feel old. Chad Pennington's kid is at Marshall. So, um, and of course, Chris Jenkins' kid is at Michigan. So a lot of, a lot of former Jets and their kids are going to be entering the draft. Or some of them maybe UDFAs, but uh, nostalgia. I want all of them. I'm like, bring them into camp, see what they can do. <laughs> I want to see Victor Green's kid wearing Jets green. Um, so, yeah, but draft-wise, uh, we'll be ratcheting up that content. Here soon. I was watch. I watched about five, six hours of uh of s- some college stuff yesterday. Um, some good players. Senior bowl, man. Any- anyone else in the senior bowl you want to mention before we run?
1: Oh, you know, I I'll go. I'm gonna go through the list again here because I-, I the moment we get done here, I'm gonna start Heikenberg. looking. At- we're going to start looking at flights. I'm in, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can, if I can pull this off. Um, but yeah, we're yeah, because I I know you want to go. Dylan's talked about going. I mean, it's just, if we all can pull it off, the live shows from mobile, uh, would be, we're going to do them right in midfield during practice could we do them right at midfield during practice? I mean, we I'm could sure try to. Ask, we could uh, just ask nicely. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know some of the media relations people over there. I think we could probably swing it, but you know, maybe we don't want to upset too many people. Uh, so I'll do a deep dive into the list a little bit more, but man, it's, it is, I, I've said, I think I've said it on the show before. I know I've said it to you personally. It's my favorite event of the draft cycle. Yeah. It is by far. I think it might be the best event of the NFL calendar for, if you love that space, it is so much fun. The city is just, it, 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 it turns alive when that event is there and there's just a buzz about it there's just so much going on and it is a football fan's dream you just you just find a spot you have a notebook and you just sit and you just take notes all day long you're like okay like like this guy and i'll tell you a lot of the, my, a lot of my draft crushes in the last draft came from being there in mobile watching the senior bowl and i'll tell you a lot of the guys that i liked are playing pretty well at the next level so it, it there are a lot of good players that go and your team m- more than likely if you are a fan of multiple teams, they're going to draft a player from yeah. the Senior Bowl. The Jets are going to draft multiple players from the Senior Bowl. They just do. Everybody yeah, does. It,
0: it, yeah, it happens. Um, and 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 hats off. I know you've talked about meeting him when you were down there. Hats off to Jim Nagy. Like oh, he's he, the best. He he pumps the hell out of this thing. Like yeah, he's it, the best. He, he he does so much work for the Senior Bowl, and he 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 does so many interviews. He does so much uh, content. Follow him on Twitter, Jim Nagy. Follow the, the recent Senior Bowl on Twitter. Um, tons of content, tons of updates. Um, he, he just, it was already a big event for those who love the draft, but I think he's sort of growing it even more into to the sort of the, the lay fan who wouldn't normally keep up with it that much. Um, you know, they send out the pregame up clips of, you know, like we're here in Cincinnati today to watch this player. We're in Ohio state to, to watch Tommy Eichenberg and, and stuff like that. So they, they, they fantastic job from that whole crew. Um, I think you've just talked me into like I said I was leaning toward going but it talked out of the free of I being told, able to go
1: 2 days ago I told you I'm a hard no I'm 100% out I've now talked myself into going that's how quickly I can yeah. convince myself and I
0: was 100% in when I got the notification I was out when I looked at the prices and now I, I'm I mean like, let,
1: yeah, I'll make let it me work. just give you, let me give you a perfect example of a player that wasn't on a lot of people I, I shouldn't say wasn't on a lot of people's radars but there are a lot of questions about this player Tankdale goes down to mobile and it's just a stud Every mm-hmm. single day is this, this dude is a problem for corners. He's just, it's impossible to defend him. He gets taken by the Houston Texans and he unfortunately gets hurt, but was having a fantastic rookie season and be and became one of the best targets for CJ Stroud. So you never know what could happen down in mobile. And it is a lot of fun. The quarterbacks are always fun to watch. And yeah, it's, it is. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> look what we did. We,
2: it's you like you got Voldemort
0: me. Or Beetlejuice. We said uh, he was. He was, said he was Senior watching Bowl three times, and he right. appeared.
1: He was busy, but he was watching the show. He heard Senior Bowl three times. He's like, I got to get on the show. He's eating dinner. He, I mean, he's like, I got to I got to get in.
2: Golly, yes. I typed it in the chat. I was like, Chris, please get FOMO. I was like, we need to have Jet Nation live live from Mobile. That would totally oh, be man. sweet. I booked my flight. I like. I'm, I have it up on my phone right now. Booking it. So I, that would be I, awesome. I booked my hotel the because you can book
0: your hotel. I'm like, I just paid extra for cancellation in case I don't go. Sure. Yeah. But my hotel's booked. So I just got to get flight car. I'm and as it turns out, as I'm planning it, I get a mess. I message my two best friends in Boston and say, maybe I'll fly in early for that. And it's like one of them, it's, it's their birthday and they're having a party that weekend. I'm like, oh, here we go. A few more days tacked on and it, it'd be well worth it. though. I'm going. I'm there. Pen, pen, pen me in i'm going i'm in in,
1: listen it's it is it's a light number two pencil right now but my name wasn't on the list at all two hours ago so we'll take the step in the right direction
2: i was gonna say when i heard you were thinking about it i was like nope we gotta we gotta get him here that'd be too much that'd be awesome
0: yeah and uh we would. have you looked have you had a chance dylan we were just talking about some of the names
2: yeah Um, i have Has
0: has walkers on there now because he's
2: coming out yeah I literally have, like, a list of all the acceptees on my phone here. Yeah, so I've been what do you following like? it. like? Called a couple names. All right, let me scroll down the list and see who I like here. Keith Randolph from Illinois, I like him. Who is yep. the defensive lineman, yep. Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M, yep. I like yep. him. He's a playmaker. Yep uh Brevin Spanford. I know we don't really need a tight end, but I'm sure.
1: I messed up. Hold last on. Year. If you ask Glenn, they need Brock Bowers badly. So <laughs> they do, they do. But we hey. did, we did
0: Dom C show last year, and it was right around the time people were declaring. And I thought I'd heard Ford declared, and mm-hmm. I mentioned him as a guy the Jets should look at last year. That guy's he's as big as a tackle, blocks his ass off, catches the football. Um, you know, he's not he's not the modern day. You know, four 5, 40. But uh, but he can do enough to, to, to be productive as a pass catcher. And he's 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 big enough and blocks like a tackle.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I obviously, like I said, the Jets don't really necessarily need a tight end. But I think a lot of people will like what he brings. And I, I feel like, uh, yeah, there was one more name here that I had on the Kendrick list. Cedric Van Praan's
1: going to be there. I think that's a name that's for Jets good. fans to keep an eye that's on. That's another yeah. one. I'm like, the Jets don't need a you, center. But if he can play guard. Right. Like, that yeah. dude is nice. Um, you mentioned Joel, Eichenberg, right? Yes. Joel Milton's yeah. going to be there from a quarterback perspective. Yes, I saw that. Yep. I mean, so there, there's some good. Let's get Jaden Daniels
2: to the Senior Bowl, right? Uh, I feel like Jaden Daniels should get, should be there. I know he won the Heisman, so he probably doesn't need it, but that'd yeah, be a great probably, showcase for him. That would be, yeah. I, the, the final list of quarterbacks is going to be very, very interesting to see mm-hmm. what it looks like. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, because I, I think there's a few more guys going back to school than people anticipated.
2: Oh, uh, Xavier Le- Leggett from yes. South yep. Carolina. South
0: Carolina receiver. Big yeah. fan of him. Yeah.
1: Marshawn Lloyd, the USC running back, yep. is yeah, going to be there. I did so running back, some,
0: Everything. Some, yeah. Some yeah so many names. I gotta oh, update I'm, my database. I'm now. excited.
2: Brendan, Brendan Rice. Some yep. some uh, some bloodlines, right? His dad was okay. Yeah, just okay. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'd make most rosters
1: um did, I, did I hate to, do your predictions you No, know, well i was just gonna say i hate to bring up that we're gonna do predictions but i don't predict the jets to win so I, we just end on a really bad note
2: yeah yeah right that's kind of tough i don't predict a win either i don't have a score and i just jumped on mm-hmm. i don't have a score but i think it's gonna be close maybe like 20 to 13 something like that
1: three glenn is frozen for me he's just frozen he has got that great yeah. look on his face. Yeah, he has got here. a great look. Like he's I mean, he he. Whatever <laughs> predictions about to come from Glenn's going to be fantastic. And I think the best part, the best part about this is he probably can hear all of us, and he's probably yeah. been talking, but we can't hear him. And it's no. just it looks it's just like excellent. he's like glass halfway. Right. He's just he's he's just ready. Just he, he's ready to just sit back and say, you know what, the Jets win the football game. They go down to Miami and they beat this banged up team that just lost to Tennessee on Monday night. It's gonna be close though. Give me 24-20 Jets. That's what I feel Glenn's gonna say. That's what I feel when he comes back. I I, I have yeah. a good feeling that's what he's gonna say. Now, Dylan, you can't yeah. leave now because you can't leave me by myself. So you no. no to no. After,
2: absolutely I absolutely won't leave. You, you have to stay until Glenn gets back.
1: back, but because I gotta hear this prediction. And if he comes in and yeah. says Jets lose 17 to 3, I, I, I set all this up for nothing. But you know, if, if he
2: couldn't hear you though and he says the score that oh, you just great. said.
1: that's fantastic. <laughs> I hadn't even thought so, of that being a potential possibility, but yes
2: we'll see if he comes back but now we're we're hanging yeah like i said 20 to 13 i like um i, I they had a great win we we kind of felt like this was going to happen right as soon as we start wanting a loss they're going to start winning and that's kind of what off, happened yeah. i wasn't there i tweeted it after the game i was like i will never tell anybody how to root i've been rooting for losses since halloween for the last 4 years or whatever it is so this year i wanted to win at least one more you can't lose 10 in a row so it was nice to get the victory but yeah i mean if we lose the last 4 I wouldn't be surprised. So, yeah, 20 to 13. Miami's a good team still, but maybe no Tyreek Hill or uh, at 100% at least. Yeah. We can get after Tua. You know, Brandon Eccles, we'll get him. I I, uh, I said I said Quinn Williams might get 42 sacks because of the state of the interior offensive line
1: for the Miami Dolphins. But, yeah, I mean, I think for me, I go into all of these games, and I said it earlier in the show, but I'll say it again for those who maybe just jumped in. Um, I, I'm of the belief that you, I go into every one of these Jets games rooting for them to win, and if they lose, I don't get upset. I'm just like, right. okay, great. We improve the yep. draft position. If they win, I'm gonna be super happy for Zach. I'm gonna be super happy for for Hackett and for, for Sala. Because again, we gotta answer questions about those guys. We gotta know if it's okay to run it back in 2024. And if they if they would have just went into the this offseason losing 10 in a row, like you just mentioned. I just you can't run it back and expect the fans to be super confident. So getting these wins at least allows yourself to be open-minded and to open up the potential of okay if they run it back and they have Aaron at quarterback maybe
2: this could look a little different. Sorry, I had to cough. Yeah, the only thing that really like makes me frustrated with lo- losing at this stage of the game is When they lose in the ridiculous fashion, like the the hail mary against Miami type stuff, like if that that's gonna be how we lose or like what puts us out of the game, yeah, I'm gonna be frustrated with those losses. But like you said, you root for the, you get yourself up on on Sunday morning, you get get hyped up, then the game starts and you're like, okay, well, whatever happens happens, and then Zach goes out throws for 300 yards and you're like, am I sucked back in? I don't know, not really. We'll see. I I mean, if they put pull pull off against Miami, I'll be ecstatic going into that washington game which i thought it was weird i don't know if you get the notifications from the team app um but they were advertising to buy your tickets for the commanders game and we haven't played the miami game yet and i was just very confused as to why they're already advertising it and i was thinking maybe Do they know the Air something rogers know? or like you know something i was so i was like hey maybe that'll be a, a really big game and that's kind of the game that people have been soft circling for rogers and i know he's been kind of cryptic on pat mcafee but he did say something about like one more week with his diet and he'll feel like where he was from a strength perspective again and i was like hey man that might be enough who knows so but after this version of, of zach it's hard to what do you think? Have we found our game to game quarterback here? No, for the New York Jets? let's
1: let's let's get through let's get through this game against Miami, and if he stacks yeah. two performances together, then I think we can open up the the butterfly effect and ask a bunch of questions of what the Jets should do with him next season. Should he get the rest of the starts even if Aaron comes back? I think then we can have a logical um, progression to a- to asking those questions, having that dialogue, and, and answering those questions because I mean we've Zach's had good performances before, and yeah. then the next week we've gone right back into the pit of misery that we've been in for the last three seasons so if he stacks especially in the context of what this game could mean right because this a win in in this game would be against a division rival you would be worsening Miami's chances to to have a a top seed in the AFC playoff picture you'd keep yourself mathematically alive you'd win a road game and then you'd put yourself in a position to where Aaron Rodgers could potentially come back for a game that matters mathematically at least if they do that if they if, if he's able to stack another performance like that together then that, that's very confident. What, what would be very intriguing to me, and I didn't really talk about this with Glenn, and I, maybe we've lost Glenn to the void. Maybe he's just gone forever. Yeah, at this point, he might not be back. <laughs> he might not be back. If if Zach stacks another good performance up, and he has two games in a row, and then Aaron is ready to come back, I'm not going to be the person that's, that raises their hand and says, play Zach Wilson over Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to be me. But there is going to be part of me that's going to be extremely disappointed that Zach stacks two games together, and we don't get to see that sample size play out that that that's yes. an that is a weird catch 22 that the New York Jets are going to find themselves in.
2: Yeah, and I wonder if Joe Douglas finds himself in like a bit of, of predicament there because from his perspective he would want Zach to probably finish out the season on a high note like that, not cut him short when he could right. be stacking more games because that's just increasing his trade value which it seems like those reports I don't know if I I don't know if I believe them that he and Salah already agreed that they're going to trade him in the offseason. I don't know if I believe it. I mean, maybe they talked Lightly about it, but I don't know. It just seems seems weird at this point of the season to be talking about that. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's tough. (laughs) I don't know. I I play. I'd play Aaron Rodgers. If yeah, that's that's just me. Woody Johnson. Woody Johnson would love to play Aaron Rodgers. That puts Mm -hmm. asses in seats for next year, especially. So yeah, I mean, the risk of re-injury isn't really on my mind. I try not to put myself there. I'd rather just see him. And like I even said, like he might selfishly come in for one drive and then yeah. they'll bring Zach back in just to say he came back from his Achilles faster than anybody in science or whatever, you know, in medicine. So I, I don't know. There's part of me that wants to see Zach continue to thrive, obviously, but if they don't win this game, then it really doesn't matter because we're going to see Zach no matter what.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. I, this feels weird. I started the show with Glenn. I'm ending the show with you and yeah. I've just, we've gotten in a weird circle, but uh, sometimes that's the way it goes. So. Hey, I'll let you. It, I'll let you sign us off here.
2: Yeah, yeah I was gonna say it's kind of kind of a convenient timing to come in if, if that was gonna happen. But we really do appreciate. Up. Oh, let's see. He might be oh, back. Oh, is he? Is he? He's, you can see the backstage studio. I can't. He's I can back. See.
1: He's Glenn, back. you're back. It just, I just died. I was like, man, I hope they can keep it going while I'm reconnecting.
0: Ooh, my, we, oh, hell yeah. We, we
1: thought we sent you into the void, but you're back. All right, we were just about to wrap up, but you can give your your prediction here to close the show. Score prediction? Um, yeah. W-
0: yeah, I think. Um, I can't. It's it's tough to predict a win, you know, but yeah. um, really, I think this defense is going to come out fired up. And I think okay. if the if the Dolphins offensive line is uh, is as banged up as they are. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the Jets pull this one off. OK, I'm going to say, gonna say uh, let's say 2017
1: Jets. <laughs> Dylan, we were so close. dude. He was building we it up so like he was going to say this. I know. I but thought we, we were
2: getting <laughs> you didn't. He- did you hear what I said? No, when you when you like were cutting out, did you hear anything we said? No, no, I was okay, I, so, okay. like, my
0: Wi-Fi went offline. I had to restart so you,
2: everything.
1: You were frozen. You were
2: frozen and you had
1: your and I'm sure the listeners love this. You were frozen with a cup in your hand, just like staring out like this. Like you were ready to say something like super just like great about a prediction. So I pretended to be you and gave the prediction. And I was like, yeah, you know, the Jets defense, they'll be able to, to, to keep it close. The offense, it'll be a close game. And then I said, the Jets win 24-20. And Dylan was like, how great would it be if Glenn comes back and gives that exact score prediction without knowing that that's what you said? And you were pretty close. 2017 was kind of right been, there great. in the ballpark. But okay, that's so so, funny. so I predicted a loss. You predicted a win. Dylan predicted uh, a, a loss, win or a loss. 20 to a loss. 13. So Glenn, you're on an island by yourself. But, you know, maybe we'll have uh, something hey, fun to see. talk about next yeah, week. And,
0: and really, uh, well, let's see. The thing, is, the thing is, I can't bring myself to bet against the Jets, but I lose all my bets, so I feel like I should bet against them every week and they go undefeated <laughs> because I – I'm the worst gambler ever. You're the ever? juju. Yep. <laughs> ever worst.
2: Yeah, I gave up on that a long time ago. I can't do it because I bet with my I bet with like what I think is just obviously going to happen, and it doesn't obviously happen. And then like Nick Bauden poaches a touchdown. I don't, I'm not going to bet on Nick Bauden. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't work. get yeah, myself he's there. there. He's uh,
0: <laughs> he's he's taking up a roster spot, isn't he?
2: Ninth in Pro Bowl voting for uh, fullbacks. <laughs> if anybody was counting at home. I think that's a only
0: one.
2: Yeah, right. Besides Kyle Hughes checking Is the there MFC, another fullback yeah. in the AFC? It, it, I don't know. I couldn't give you the first eight. So Yeah. <laughs> but but all I right. think that's a perfect place to wrap it. Yeah, that's you great. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah,
0: wrap it up. See you guys at the senior bowl in uh Mobile. I uh I think I'm gonna end up flying into New York or Boston and then fly down there separately and and all that stuff. It'll be a mm-hmm. busy week. A busy week, but well worth it. That'll wrap this one up for us, Jets fans. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, no matter what happens, let's see Zach Wilson play well again. That would be nice. Consecutive games, a little bit of consistency, a little confidence. Looked a little confident. I'm Glenn Naughton, Uh and Dylan Terriman joined myself and Chris Schubert. A little late. Senior Bowl got him fired up and uh has all of us fired up. Have a good one, Jets fans. We'll catch you next week. I'll probably see you post-game to talk about. Hopefully, talk about a win. Have a good one, Jets fans.